He'll come back for the second. India have won the test match. India have won the series. Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the 81 All Out podcast. This is Siddhartha Vaidyanathan at SIDV on Twitter. And I'm joined today by two regulars, um, Ashoka, who is at ABVAN on Twitter, and Kartikeya, who is at Cricketing View on Twitter. Regular listeners will know these two gents. Uh, if you don't, you can uh, follow their Twitter handles. I'll link Kartikeya Substack. I'll link some relevant articles he has written about um, T20, the format, uh, batting, hitting. We did a few podcasts about uh, the form uh, around the format as well. So I'll link all that. Welcome, gentlemen. Great to have you. Hello. Hi. Hello. Um, mm. We're here to talk about the recently concluded uh, T20 World Cup in Australia. Uh, for uh, if you see the coverage in a uh, few uh, websites and newspapers. It seems that uh, that World Cup happened 10 years ago or something. People are already talking about IPL retentions and things. But yeah, I mean, it uh, finished on Sunday. England were the champions, um, rightfully so, as some may say, uh, because uh, they seem to be the team that uh, is be- best equipped to handle this format. And they seem to be the team that has moved on the, uh, you know, the most when it comes to the uh, playing T20. But of course, there were uh, so many other highlights in the World Cup. Uh, We'll be talking mostly about a few, you know, larger picture topics here. But uh, must mention that, uh, you know, the the fact that uh, Ireland beat England, Zimbabwe beat Pakistan, and uh, there was so many many good performances. Netherlands beat South South Africa. Yeah, I mean, it was was quite a good... Uh, tournament that way for upsets. Uh, Netherlands beating South Africa actually allowed Pakistan to enter the semi-finals and eventually they, they also entered the finals. So it, it yeah, started so with an it started with an upset. Namibia beat Sri Lanka. Namibia beat Sri Lanka. Correct, correct, correct. Namibia beat Sri Lanka. So yeah, I mean, let's start, Ashoka. Now that you're uh, saying, I mean, talk a bit about overall thoughts about the tournament, and then we can get into the sort of the exact uh, sort of <laughs> more specifics <laughs> yeah we'll get into the fight later but yeah but uh, this was a good tournament uh, there were a few good matches but i still think the asia cup that preceded this was far more exciting uh, this had its moments uh, as we spoke like there were a lot of teams that uh, won against more established opponents so I am pretty annoyed that England in the end won it. Uh, it's even more annoying that they deserve to win it because they looked like the team to beat. Uh, Australia also looked like a team to beat going into this, but uh, uh, for some reason they were strangely nervous. Uh, and we had like. Lot I mean, of they fun, lost right? one match, man. They lost one match. So yeah. I don't know how we can say they were strangely nervous. But. <laughs> Uh, because they needed the run rate to be uh, that much higher for them to qualify. Oh, yeah, and yeah, yeah, yeah. they didn't go, you know, hammer and tongs. Their lineup actually allowed for it. They didn't. Mm. Uh, so that that way they were nervous. But other than that, they were such a, I mean, they were a good team. They are still a good team. That's a great lineup. Uh, and amazing off the field antics, uh, fake Mr. Bean. You know, and uh, a six for the ages and all that. So, so yeah, actually, yeah, this was a satisfying World Cup, uh, though not for the Indian fan in me. Okay, so I think Ashoka basically covered pretty much all the all all the all the points that I could think of as well. Uh, I don't. Know, I think basically. It's very noisy, and in this World Cup, in addition to the usual noise in, that comes from T20, you also had the rain. You know, I mean, South Africa were, you know, they were screwed by the rain. I thought, uh, I mean, they they should have got all the points against, I think, it was Zimbabwe, and they would have got like a gazillion uh, net run rate points uh, if they had got. If they got that win, I mean, they were, my God, I mean, they have 51 in three overs or something like that. Uh, 
uh, and I think, yeah, I mean, so there was it was very very noisy, and you know, if you look at it, every team lost at least once. Uh, there was uh, a few games rained off, and I think in the end, I think I agree with Ashutosh that the sort of the the best T20 side did win. I mean, that, that that's unusual in in World Cup tournaments. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I guess of all the for, uh, of the three formats, T20 is probably the one that allows for um, the lesser team to win compared to say an ODI or I mean the ODI in 2019. you know england were perhaps the best team i mean the very fact that new zealand got you know tied them in the world cup final and went to the super over was a i think a tremendous reflection on new zealand rather than england i mean to because england playing the way they did in that world cup in one day years they were by far i think the the team to beat uh, and of course test cricket we know i mean the best team usually ends up winning especially over a course of a series so yeah t20 that way and also additionally in australia you have this i mean one can argue about how much these things matter but you know the ground sizes are generally bigger than they are in um, asia and or england and so that is an added dimension like the where you score which part of the ground you score and obviously t20 is um, largely about uh, playing the field so then you need to decide okay which is the boundary i'm going for which is it the in melbourne you go uh, straight in adelaide you probably go square and things like that so and the pitches right and the you have you they played at perth where uh, you know the bowlers did have quite a bit of a say in india south africa uh, was a great match to watch in that sense you rarely get to see like T20s played on such surfaces and to see that was was good now the question is does it do, do those should those things matter like you know the question is should teams see the conditions in a T20 the way they see the conditions in a test or an ODI or do they just play based on the set template that they have now that is a more fundamental question what do you guys think I want to hear what KD says because he says it doesn't matter, and I want to know how it doesn't matter. Uh, so, I mean, I don't think the conditions vary that much in the T20 World Cup. I mean, I think generally the match, the the pitches were flat in this World Cup. Even that Perth pitch, as Perth pitches go, it was a pretty flat pitch. I mean, yeah, okay, fine. There's a little bit extra bounce in Australia, but there, there isn't any pitch where you know there's seam movement or anything like that. I mean, yeah, the new ball swings a little bit. I mean, it swings everywhere. It swings in Mohali. It swings in <coughs> Chepauk. It swings in Bombay. Everywhere, it swings a little bit. But that they are used to. No, I mean, it, it's not like the there are square turners or you know seamers, uh, seaming pitches. I and mean, what happens, I think, in T20 is that the, these tiny changes in the pitches, which in a in a longer format you wouldn't even notice, uh, in T20 they get magnified. Everything gets magnified because. we are used to sort of discussing these matches like you know the test matches you know and in a test match you know things change over five days you know the pitch changes the conditions change the ball gets old uh, uh, you know there's reverse swing there's real swing there's uh, you know seam movement the ball goes soft uh, you know the bowlers tire all that happens and suddenly we pretend that all that's also happening in a 20 over innings it doesn't nothing much changes over 20 overs it's a, in 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 a, in a cricket match no so i don't necessarily think that anything there is that much of a change you know so you know i mean and that's the point no of t20 so not have that much change you know if you if you want to watch t20 then you should at least watch uh, accept that you're watching t20 no i mean why 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 turn it into a imaginary test match in your head but but you do agree that uh in in the toss it can play a difference right in terms of how teams approach the first innings and the second innings like for instance it's it's not easy to gauge what sort of a you know how much to score and how many how much risks to take uh in a pitch like perth or maybe i'm thinking in the traditional cricket sense and uh, looking at it as an odi but how does one approach this when you know the toss starts to play 
seems to play such a difference in this format it's not as though perth is a slow scoring t20 ground perth is a very fast scoring ground compared to all you know other grounds in the world so it sure the the shots that are on at perth are different from the shots that are on in say i don't know some ground in india or some ground in england that's true you know and you're right that you know in in some grounds the square boundary is short and other grounds the straight boundary is short in some grounds are some weird square shape and some grounds are ovals and all that's true but none of those things are mysteries no i mean they, they that that's how these players decide like which boundaries to target and how that's how bowling sides decides which boundaries to defend so uh, the, i don't think any team is i mean india didn't like change the way they play they went for their shots i mean it so happened that they didn't come off you know uh, so you know on another on another day they would come off yeah so the the, the number amount of risk these players are taking is so high and they have no choice i mean they, that's the, that's that's what the game is you know that on the day when they come off you know they're going to score 180 to 100 and if it doesn't then they'll be sort of you know they'll limp to 130 140 what is striking is that even in games where the batting doesn't come off they still manage to score like 130 140 i mean how many how many 70 all out 80 all outs are you seeing i mean you're not seeing any of them even even when when like the top order batsman like you know maybe the first or second chance they take goes to hand you know teams are still getting to like 130 or 140 no i don't believe you said 70 all out and 80 all out and didn't say 81 all out this is uh, blasphemy man what is going on <laughs> anyway <laughs> no by yeah. by that logic by that logic i think uh, a lot of uh, teams uh, i mean the lot of hitting didn't come off this world cup no i mean we didn't see a lot of 200s we saw one 200 i think maybe or two 200s south africa hit a 200 so two 200s that's it a, a couple of 180s here there and then and then a huge cluster between your 120s to 150 160 that's what we saw so that might not be you know consistently hitting not coming off that might also be you know a function of large boundaries teams are trying to take twos instead of boundaries no that 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 might be also a function of the fact that teams don't really have that many big power hitters like india have two i would say like yadav and uh, pandya uh pakistan you know they have a few but like their openers take up so much of the bowling that they barely get a hit the other people uh england have a few but you know england have uh, found themselves chasing a lot in this in this world cup and you know they chased both in the semi final and the final and uh, those chases are basically dictated by the asking rate so you know it's it's perfectly reasonable to play percentage when you are chasing uh australia i mean i don't know they have maxwell who's i think a genius and and david uh but then for some reason when david got injured they played smith which was very odd uh so i i felt like you know normally in these world cups there's always like every team has somebody who can miss it the ball 80 yards like you know afridi pollard russell uh, brathwaite uh, stokes you know but but the, the circumstances just didn't arise for them to sort of you know go ballistic so to speak because of these totals that you spoke about you know this cluster of 120 to 160 i was often feeling that you know batting first and batting second were two vastly different propositions in this world cup because when you're batting second as you said you're ch- chasing the uh, asking rate and so then your approach and then you start playing odis pretty much then like the, you start playing the way you would play an odi but when you're batting first you you know you it's basically you're playing you have to play like this brand of Uh, go for it cricket the t20 brand of cricket where you're trying to hit the field uh, you know find the gaps hit the field trying to maximize each ball so you're actually like i felt it was a tournament where you had two different approaches for depending on what happened at the toss 
I mean, it would have been totally different had it been like I'm saying, like a you know, really flat Indian pitches where 180 or 190 was a given. Then I guess you know when you're chasing 190 or 200, then you have to pretty much bat. Uh, you know, you have to go for it. You're chasing almost 10 and over. Then uh, there you have no choice but to you know find those boundaries. But when you're chasing 150, 140, 150, you don't need 10 and over. You don't. You mean you you can even go at Five and over for a while, and then pick it up. Yeah, I mean, you need basically like three or four big overs to chase one sixty or one seventy. Like you know, you need, and then the rest you have to score basically around a ball. But you know, you know where the where the uh, power, the muscle really fell short. It was against spin, actually. You know, because that's where you need like the 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 bo- the player who can like muscle the spinner. You know. Out of the ground, you know that requires real power, you know, and that that very few people have. And nowadays, like these spinners are also bowling with these very very well set fields, you know, like all the leg spinners are bowling with a ring ring on the leg side. Uh, so, and, and batsmen are not prepared to take that deep fielder on on the, on the leg side. And it was like also. A tournament really, you know, dominated by openers. You know, this, you know, the, the openers hogging a lot of the bowling and not, not, not letting four, five, six into the game very much. You know, so I don't know. Maybe the next edition, by the next edition, there'll be a new generation. You know, just today we heard that, you know, Pollard is now even retired from. Uh, IPL, IPL also now, yeah. yeah. So that generation is going now. It's gone. When you know, West Indies uh, didn't even qualify, so you know, and and you know, there. I mean, that team is finished. Like the team of the 2010s, which the West Indies would feel with their like great players of that time. That's gone now. So the new one has not come, not yet arrived in this case. Yeah, I I get that. Now I just want to complete the thought on these uh, on that conditions bit. So the thing is that it it's when you're building like a team to play in such a tournament, you know whether it is UAE or Australia or something or India. I just feel that you know it becomes so condition dependent where you you know especially with this uh, batting first and batting second that I spoke about. I mean, England did win in the end, and they that team would probably win in most conditions. I mean, that conditions don't really matter for that team. But you know, for uh, a Pakistan to make it to the final, or for a team like uh, for even New Zealand and India, which are traditionally playing, uh, you know, the <laughs> sort of a, a mixed variety of T20. They're playing a combination of ODIs and T20 now and then. It's it's hard. It it becomes. I feel like. It's highly dependent on conditions on the team they play. Don't you agree? What do you mean? I mean? See, what do we mean by change in conditions? Is that do we say that the pitches offer a little more bounce and pace, and then the boundaries are a bit longer? Uh, depending on the ground, either the square boundaries are longer or the straight boundaries are longer. So, is that the only difference? Which you know, and scores in general. Like if you, the moment you you have a one seventy sub one seventy score, then uh, you know. I mean, or as as Kartikeya says, when you have a Kohli score, when you have a Kohli score, then uh, you know, uh, Babar and Rizwan at the top of the order, or uh, India's top three is not as much a problem when it's chasing. It's probably a problem when it's when you're batting first more than chasing. So that's what I'm saying, right? The, the team you play. No, but I think that's not to do with the conditions. No, that's to do with uh, you know England has just having better players. You know that their their game is less conditions dependent. I mean, if you if you take the analogy with Test cricket, no, then you can see that you know uh, when India didn't have great fast bowlers, they used to depend on like the pitch being spin friendly. To make any headway in a test match, right? So then India were also limited by the conditions. No, that the, what you are seeing with T20 is with a lot of these teams. The same thing is happening with them. No, it, the, their their players are effective in certain types of uh, conditions, but not all types of conditions. So the range of conditions in which they come good is narrower than with say a better team like than England, like England. You know, uh, but 
the i mean india are like right now india are the same three out of the four, top four in the indian lineup in that test and t20 team is the same you know new zealand are playing williamson in in their uh, in their middle order you know and uh, then they're playing you know okay they they're playing devon conway who's, who's quite good but even he is like a, you know really a, a a batsman not a hitter you know so england are the only team who are like basically completely separated what they consider to be a t20 batsman and what they consider to be a batsman in like cricket you know to use a term to combine test and odi you know uh, no and i like, think england are the only team that where the, the that go with the idea i mean like like we discussed on that previous podcast about hitting and batting england are the one team that go with the idea that their hitters can also bat like they know that uh, ben stokes can, can bat as well as anyone else but that he can also that he that if he's primarily given the task of hitting he will hit so india on the india and new zealand and all these people on the other hand are entrusting their batters to hit england are the one team that are entrusting their hitters to bat and i think that is the that seems to me to be the big difference yeah that's a good way to put it actually that england are doing that if you need somebody to like push singles for a couple of overs like pretty much anybody in the top 7 can do that no you don't really need like kohli or babar azam or kane williamson to do that way right i mean you, you, hardik pandya can do that no i mean even though hardik pandya is not as good a batsman as kohli you know he's he, he, i mean the there are still five fielders on the boundary it's not like suddenly they're putting Uh, there are phases in play in t20 where you know teams are suddenly going for like you know 60 for 1 becomes 60 for 3 and suddenly for the next four five overs you have like three slips and a gully and a short leg you know that, that you don't really have that you know you don't have really had need like the technique to come to counter that at all you know the worst you the worst batsman pace is like okay you will have like some finger spinner wrist spinner bowling and you will have one slip you know that that's okay i mean as it is these guys are like you know aiming sweep shots every other ball at the at the at the spinner so it, it's not really you don't really need bat you don't really need like the elaborate ta- ability of a batsman in in that situation yeah i mean basically i i mean when i saw kane william couple of those kane williams and innings you know the thing that comes to my mind is like he's he's wasted like his skills are wasted here i mean not because he's a bad uh, he's he's a great player he's a great test batsman but you know none of that there's narrow skills that this format requires or at least the games where he was batting that it required is probably like 1/10 of his skill range that he's capable of as a player and whether new zealand would have been so much better off picking a picking a batter i mean picking a hitter who can do that 1/10th bit better than williamson is the question and the answer is probably yes and but unfortunately teams are yet to reach that stage of saying you know these guys are i mean i think the best way they can say it is like these guys are too good for t20 you know this uh, kohli williamson smith they're just too good don't play them play people who are not as good yeah. as them but will optimize the format better <laughs> i mean as bad as it is for the batsmen no who are wasted in t20 you know williamson kohli smith uh, you know babar uh, and all that it's even worse for the fast bowlers i think like you know rabada and uh, cummins and you know this new terrific new fast bowler pakistan have got nasim shah you know that they have so much ability you know that they're like you know flying in and hammering the middle of the pitch and bowling like full length yorkers and stuff and like this batsman is like not giving any power like yesterday in the final you see like you know uh, what's his name josh butler you know nasim shah is like humming like he's bowling he's hitting at the length and you know challenging the vertical bat is josh butler like in a test match or in a even in a one day match against that bowling with a new ball what would a batsman do 
firstly the batsman would leave a lot of balls right they would just leave on on off stump or on a good length outside off stump the batsman would just leave he just not even listening man he's like forcing shot forcing shot forcing shot play and miss and like he plays and miss two or three times and that doesn't make him like you know sit back and block or defend or anything like that his response is to like walk across the stump and scoop the guy for six man it's like it, yeah it, so it's that a that's a waste of being that's that's actually a great uh, example that you brought on because uh, that has been doing the rounds also with uh, our friend uh, abhinav mukund posting a long thread about exactly that and the mindset required and all that but for me it's a you know when i i watch that i watch that over it was a brilliant over and as you say that you know in a test match nasim shah would have had like three slips uh, you know the the sort of the whole dynamic of that uh, over would have been so different but the way i looked at it is the moment they put a slip the josh butler saw that you know okay fine leg is free so all he was waiting for was that length to scoop the moment he got that length which was a perfect length for you know outside of if he was if butler was playing that push so the perfect length for that and in a test match it he would have probably played that and he would have edged and gone and would have probably gone but in a t20 when he saw that length he saw the empty f- uh, the the field there he went for it that for me that was like it wasn't as extraordinary as it was logical <laughs> no actually what you need to do I mean if anything he should have tried some you know charging down the pitch on the balls that he was trying to defend also because he got out edged also in that innings he didn't need to do that he could have just you know charged down or or made made room and try to uppercut and get some runs that, that's what he should have been trying to do I, I, because that that is more uh, understandable than what he was trying to do you know bat proper because that was never the plan for england i i don't think he was trying to bat proper i think he was trying to force the ball through the offside gap you know because they put a slip the gap was bigger and so he was trying to hit balls which he would normally not force through the offside i mean he, and yeah he didn't connect anything you know he i think at, i don't remember exactly but i think he played and missed like three or four times in that over you know but that doesn't stop him no i mean in a test match it could stop him I mean, he plays and miss once in the test match. He like leave the next ball. Here is not leaving anything. He just keeps going for it. See, I know one of the things you notice in this World Cup is that uh, among these players who are playing the field, you know, like Butler and Surya Kumar Yadav, and they have these distinctive shots. Like, you know, Josh Butler rarely runs down the pitch to the fast bowler. He's sort of much more prone to like backing away to leg and slapping through the offside. or you know walking across the stumps and hitting into the leg side you know whereas uh, if it's a full length then he loft over extra cover but you know surya kumar yadav is much more prone to like opening the face and lofting over you know square point or something like that. so these players are like you can see that they have cultivated different kinds of shots and they eye different undefended boundaries you know uh whereas you know the the other players like kohli and stuff who play the line and length you know they have like basically one or two get out of jail shots like kohli kohli is like aims over extra cover that's his that's his that's his shot against the fast bowler uh <laughs> against the spinner he's either going to pull or he's going to square cut but you know if those boundaries are defended then he hit it anyway and he try to get two but he doesn't he doesn't then have doesn't cultivate like the you know if if you have deep mid wicket and deep point then you have fine leg up and then what can you do can you like walk across your stumps and pad your feet or something like that he doesn't sort of cultivate those things yeah because i guess it boils down i mean in it's in a reverse way it is muscle memory no because uh, you know ultimately if all these players all these great uh, batters who have come through you know years and years of age group cricket first class cricket test cricket and then they become great test players i mean ultimately their muscle memory of this will kick in i mean they will keep playing they, they will tend to play like they are playing in a test or in an odi how much ever they want to play differently i mean it's easy to say you know you have to change your mindset 
but at the end of the day the batter has like that millisecond to react to the ball man and suddenly you your muscle eventually a lot of cricket is muscle memory and the muscle memory for many of these players is to play that conventional way many of these hitters like the really good hitters whether it's uh, you know maxwell or uh, any of them uh, it's not like the stro- uh, sort of the strokes they play is always premeditated a lot of the stuff they play happens in that millisecond so the you know the butler or maxwell or uh, russell or polada whoever else you're talking about who is the great hitter is making that hitting decision right at the end so but kohli and others on the other hand you know if they have to walk across the stumps and scoop will probably have to make that decision a little earlier because you know th- that is the difference where you have that one you have something that you need to do and the other is something that you just do so that makes a huge difference when it comes to t20 See, also I, your uh, uh, multi format cricketers it's it's one thing to say that they have to learn new tricks it it screws with their yeah. uh, uh, setup for test it screws with their old tricks yeah and it's not worth it no so what <laughs> it's not worth uh, you know uh, taking out their entire setup that's like saying that i mean let's say pujara plays list a and t20 and god forbid ipl and he learns a certain tricks to score you know a lot of runs in ipl at a very quick rate right? there is no saying that that won't impact his test setup where the priorities and uh, you know are completely different so th- there are certain things that players choose and players like i mean I, why are you why are you going to uh, pujara man i think and uh, you know conjecture that kl rahul's uh getting better as a test bat has had an effect in the way he plays t20s like if you look at kl rahul over the years you know the way he has played t20s and the way he's playing t20 now i feel that a lot of his test cricket muscle memory is kicking in here where you know he's become a good test bat i mean he opens for india whenever he's available but i feel that it has had a knock on effect on his t20 game do you want to get your licks in against rohit sharma right now now that now that <laughs> now that now that, that sidvi has brought up like uh, the the issue of the indian openers uh, what is there to bring up and what is there to say they have failed more than kohli and you are the only person who is not accepting it you are the one guy who is standing against the world and saying kohli is the main culprit no i think first of all uh, since mahesh is not there i think uh, we can go all out against rohit sharma since uh, there is not even the his biggest fan is not even present on this podcast so i think there itself we have great license but see look i mean i i get kartikeya's point all right i get i get where he's coming from when he says kl rahul and rohit i mean rohit sharma at least if you see just the uh, final he was not able to connect man i mean this this is the fundamental problem that uh, these very very good batters and in rohit sharma's case like exceptional batter has in this format like the moment you can't you're trying to hit and you're not connecting you know what you have only two options one is you just keep trying and then in the process you end up wasting quite a few balls or you retire out but it's not easy for players of this stature to retire out it's almost like they're giving up and they can't do that i mean maybe eventually in this format 10 years down the line you may have a system where you know a team is filled with people who are like okay i'm not connecting for six balls i'm going let the next guy come in that's a that's that's a different kind of order what, of thing what 10 years ashwin anna has done it last year only yeah but you know that's the difference between ashwin and uh, rohit sharma no like ashwin is not like a great enough batter who has gone through his entire career you know trying to get that ball in the middle of the bat despite the struggles as much as rohit sharma has rohit sharma that like for him for a player like kohli or rohit or babar to you know ad, sort of give up is not in their dna man it, it, that's not what makes them great also these so are this, problems that are beyond cricket like how would it look if the indian cricket captain walks out retired out and all that so yeah imagine in the world cup semi final a world cup semi final indian captain after 10 balls says okay i'm not connecting i want uh, sky uh, suryakumar uh, to come and hit uh, 
you know, as much as he can. I mean, imagine the optics of that, first of all. And secondly, see, so I understand that point. And I also understand Kartikeya's general point that overall, if you look at the overall record, Rohit and Rahul get out earlier, even though, you know, they may not score. Uh, and intuitively, getting out earlier is also a good thing in T20 because you're getting out of the way for the others to come. While Kohli, on the other hand, he has argued that, you know, is there for so long, but is not maximizing that stay as much as he can. So I understand that point. But KD, you must agree that at the end of the day, when you have batting till seven, you there is only like that it's you you know that the way Kohli bats is the way Kohli bats, man. It's not like England where or some other team where you can basically say, okay, we have batting till eleven, we are going. So this is the problem, no. This is the, the real-time problem. I can understand you saying put batting till eleven. But India don't have that uh, option as of now. What after seven, eight? What they have nobody. No, actually, the problem is you know that Kohli is going to be part of the tournament before you enter the tournament. It was not a surprise. He didn't just say surprise and then started batting, right? So you know that Kohli is going to be number three, and therefore your number one and two are going to have to have to compensate for it, right? Like you know that that guy is not going to change his batting style, so you have to work around him. Now, you're going to say, no, we are also going to do the same thing. Then your top three is chewing up 85-90 balls, right? And and now Surya Kumar Yadav has to, like, you know, do all kinds of gymnastics to take the total to 170. Because, see, among all the matches India played, the one that angered me most was against Netherlands. You have lost only two wickets, but you made 179. What the hell is that? That's like 220 for two in... Uh, ODA or 240 for two in an ODA. That, that is like the like the egregious waste of resources. Right? If it was like uh, 180 for seven, at least it's understandable. But 179 for two meant that your top three, you know, did a lot of time passing. Because in that match, uh, I think Surya Kumar Yadav hit a 50 of 25 balls. That guy is going at 200. So the rest of the people have scored at 130 some strike rate. Which is which is terrible, and this is not you know even those uh, you know people who admire bowling and all due respect to Netherlands, they are not the monsters that you you guys think they are. So you can hit. So so that that's that's what you know gets the goat of all those people who watch this World Cup. Like okay, I get it. Kohli goes at one twenty till. He faces 25 balls after that, like he goes up. But you know that already. That's sort of a mystery to you. So why can't you, either Rohit Sharma or KL Rahul, make that conscious effort or bite the bullet and put that boy Rishabh Pant at number two? Let him swing for some time. No. What? Yeah. What's the worst that can happen? Yeah. No, but I'll tell you something. Like I'll, I'll give you an example, right? And this is the difference between playing the line and length and playing the field. So, you know, uh, Ricky Ponting, you know, he he once described how he bats, right? And he has this very pronounced forward movement when he bats. And he said, well, I have a, I have a, I have a part of the pitch that I'm looking at when I'm facing up. And he says, if the ball is in that area of the pitch, I respect it and I defend it. If it's not, then a few of my attacking shots are off. That's like classic playing line and length. You know, that, that's what all batsmen are doing. You know, so they, they, that's why, you know, they, they play like a lovely cover drive straight to cover's hand. You will see so many of these batsmen in T20. Like they're, they're playing the cover drive and it goes straight to cover or, or, you know, and the cover is sitting deep on the 30-yard circle. And it's really hard to beat that cover fielder. Whereas that cover drive is intended to beat like an attacking cover fielder. You know, that's why in the test match, the cover drive goes so poor so often. Because the cover is not there to save the cover drive, no, in the 30 yards away. The cover is there much closer. Whereas that's a shot like to a line and length. That's a, that's a batsman shot. Whereas what is Surya Kumar Yadav and Joss Butler and all these people are doing is that they look at the field, they look at which boundaries are being defended and they they gauge like what lines and lengths the bowler is likely to bowl and whether the change-up is on or whether that... And they have all this in their mind and they have some ideas about what shots are on for them. And that's why 
they, 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 their setup is designed to help them play those shots, not like to play the line and length. You know? So that's the difference between what, you know, Ponting described as like the classic batsman's approach and what playing the field means. And it's really hard to do that. You know, like Rohit Sharma and all these people are not as good at it as, you know, like Butler and Yadav and all these people are. You know, or Maxwell, for instance. And like some of them also combine like not just with, like they have a terrific eye and they have like this cultivated all these shots like where they can target all these boundaries. Uh, you know, and like some of them are like outrageous. Like, you know, uh, Maxwell can like switch it uh, to extra cover, right? You know, <laughs> and that, that's just ridiculous. Uh, but they combine that with like tremendous power. Like Maxwell can also hit like the ball really hard, you know. So those are like, that, that's, you, there won't be that many players in the world with that kind of T20 skill set. So one of the things that I've sort of, started to understand in this World Cup and during this year, in fact, is like, what is an elite T20 player in the, on, the, on, the, on the batting side? And that, that, this is sort of, I think, the, the sort of the, these are the pieces that an elite T20 player on the batting side has. You know, that, that they have all these, they have cultivated all these shots and they can play them. You know, and you won't find them like smashing the ball to cover and, you know, watching as like cover feels it. No, it just won't happen because they know that that fielder is there to defend the, the ball. And it's it, if they want to beat that fielder, they have to hit above, they have to loft it over him. You know, whereas the batsman is always going to sort of try to beat covers left hand. And that's like when the fielder is 30 yards away, that's really a low percentage proposition. Yeah. And also, I mean, fine point. And with the field, it's also like seen like, uh, in test cricket, you basically have like, you know, the, the standard fields that team set. I mean, you it's not like, you know, you're suddenly on the first morning of a test match, you're looking to hit to fine leg for four. I mean, you know, it's not like you're trying to scoop that ball to fine leg for both because there are enough gaps for you to hit right right in front of you. I mean, okay, occasionally these days when you bowl short, players do go, do play that ramp shot and go over. Uh, the keeper and slips and all. That is one way they've figured out how to score. That's fine. But, you know, there's so many gaps there for you to play your conventional shots, as you would call it. And the second thing is that I think, you know, the way uh, you would coach like a batter, like, you know, when a young batter, if you're coaching them for test cricket, the way you would coach them in terms of getting into position, playing the, you know, reading the length early, you know, as you say, as we say, you know, this batter has so much time to pick the ball, say Rohit Sharma or Shubman Gill or whoever. Uh, th- that is basically what it's like, you know, you they get into such a good position early on that then they are in a situation where they can play two or three shots depending on, you know, the, the length. And if it's a short ball, they, they have those options. And if it's a full ball, they have. In T20, on the other hand, when you're playing the field, the positions you're getting into are are different compared to the positions you would get into in like a test match. So, like Surya Kumar Yadav, you know, moving across, completely across the stumps to hit that wide-ish ball to fine leg. I mean, is looks like an extraordinary shot, fair enough. But the decisions he's making before that are vastly different to the decisions that, say, a great test batter is making, like a Williamson is making before he is playing a shot. You know, so I think that level of decision-making is also very important at this level. Well, and there's also a difference in the risk, you know. I mean, Ponting is, Ponting's game in a test match is designed to sort of help him survive about 90 balls per dismissal. Whereas these guys are taking risks where they know they're going to get out once every 20-25 balls. Yeah, and, and that they, they have to do it because if they don't, then they're going to be pushing for singles, uh, which is uh, you know going to be bad for their team. So they might as well take the risk, and even if it means getting out, they might as well do that rather than waste uh, one over and get eight runs of it or six runs of it or whatever. You see, I am not very confident about all this, you know, newfound enlightenment about uh, intent and all that because. 
this is what we have been telling the last one year that we have like players should play with more intent and what not and then now post india's exit a lot of people are now talking about the way to go about in t20s to hit and not uh, you know uh, plod around for singles and twos all that is very i mean good when you talk but the moment you take that risk it also comes with the risk of dismissal and the team is going to get out for 80s and 120s a couple of times and suddenly there will be an overcorrection of uh you know towards the old ways of conserving wicket and uh, you know playing the condition getting your eye in and all that so the 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 test that england has the gauntlet that england has put before the world is that do you have the guts to fail a lot with this approach and initially because once the batsmen have a hang of you know taking risk consistently then that there is a method behind it they are not wildly swinging like like a lay person they are picking their areas they are hitting it but to get to that place your team will have to you know have a couple of failures or a series or two will be on the line or some important match will be on the line and then everybody yeah. will lose their minds and then they'll go back to the uh, let's conserve a little bit let's hit the last 10 overs so that is the test that is actually where you will know whether this team has crossed that barrier till then yeah, it's I, all talk absolutely correct absolutely correct i i completely agree with that but you know it's not a it's not really a test of mindset or guts it's a test of skill you have to have the players who are capable of doing that you know i mean england look at the players they have picked you know phil salt and harry brook you know these are not players who are getting anywhere near the test team you know but they are really good at picking their spot and they're really good at you know they have cultivated all these shots where you know they can hit over extra cover and they can hit over mid wicket and they can hit uh, over, over over third man and over fine leg and etc etc they can hit the ball very far very hard uh i mean it's a question of finding those skills and what you're seeing is that most batsmen actually i would say if you leave aside ab devilliers i can't think of a second batsman who has managed to cultivate those skills you know okay peterson would be an, an example of a player who comes close you know maybe graham hick they used to say that in the early days of t20 he was like a monster player but you know that was like an ancient history in t20 now uh but wait this is england graham hick Yeah, yeah yeah he played the he played the some few years of t20 yeah. really he must have been like 60 70 by the time t20 happened man what the hell <laughs> yeah yeah he he was probably but but uh, warner what about warner kd or you don't agree with warner no i i think even no. maxwell is there uh, in the in that uh, bracket of ab devilliers yeah, yeah. and peterson yeah, yeah david warner david warner and quinton decock are like two uh two players who are successful test players who also simultaneously had uh odi t20 t20 ability you know but warner is also like an unorthodox test player no i mean he he started out in t20 and then made it to the test team which in like 2008 2009 2010 was the rare yeah he was among the first for that uh, journey yeah in continuation of what we were talking about like people who had like 160 strike rate like they may not have had the success like let's say new zealand's opener that finalen that one innings was great but after that even after that he kept hitting it, it just didn't come off in the rest of the matches he just kept hitting he didn't block at all right even glen phillips was like that he he was hitting at 150 160 uh, maxwell was hitting at 160 Quinton Decock was sitting at 160. Riley Russo at 160. Once it came off, he hit 100 against Bangladesh. Then he got out first ball or second ball at zero. But the, I mean, they are very committed to that approach, even if it is zero of two balls or you know 100 of 40 balls. So those players stand out in this World Cup. Then you know. all the people who who made runs at 130 strike rate 135 strike rate you you actually know what has happened there you know they are making 
they are just uh, timing the ball into the outfield getting a two here or taking the single or you know marking the balls when they can hit the shots that is in within their wheelhouse no that's right i mean i i totally agree and uh, you know the teams that have the i mean the players that have this skill over time you see that they succeed like sure in a world cup i mean it would have been interesting actually to see england a uh, bat first in either the semi final or the final because it would have been nice to see you know how they approach it and whether they go the same way as they have been doing you know whether they're going all out whether by chance you know it didn't come off some one of the days and they get all out for a low score all that would have been interesting but i think eventually these teams realize i mean see england have been playing this way for a while and i think they realize that over the long run over 5 years over 2 3 4 world cups sure they'll lose something along the way they'll they'll go out sometime but they will eventually get success no like since 2015 when they changed their approach if you see they they were like one good ball away from winning that 2016 world cup they were you know 2019 odis which also they've been playing in a different level they won i mean if you can say they tied but okay they eventually won then that uh, last year's world cup in the uae they entered the semi final and come on they were like very very close to winning that semi final and you know these guys this mitchell and uh, nisham went bonkers right at the end so that is another world cup where they could have entered the final and then they won this so in, in the long run they are seeing the results of it no that is the difference between looking at one game at a time and looking at uh, anira right i don't disagree i'm saying that you know india is not that far behind india enters the knockouts at you know regular pace i mean they can why england's record of going into the knockouts because they too have done this over a period of time it is just that at at certain points you know self preservation kicks in and that is because india have a problem of they don't have cricketing problem they, the, the problem stems from non cricketing reasons which is they have expensive toys bcci has expensive toys like rohit sharma virat kohli bumrah these are expensive toys which have to be brought out for ticket sales to happen for a lot of eyeballs to come in so they have to share these resources across all formats right and that's how the money comes in and the problem is these players might not be suited for you know the formats of t20 or or let's say t10 if that becomes popular next but bcci has no other option than to take the premium talent and put it there so that is the problem it's not that our country has a shortage of you know people no 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 but it's who... not that it's it's not that it's also see india has entered the semi finals and all i agree with uh, that aspect of it but i don't think uh, they have they are approaching the game uh, the way england are approaching it like i don't think like you know that uh, they, they are playing the uh, odis they are a very good team i mean this very team if you put this exact 11 that played in the semi final in a odi they would probably win like really you know quite often i mean they they have a solid top 3 they have uh, you know this top 3 can get them 235 overs man and then you have all these players to come to get to play the last 15 that's all totally fine but i think in t20 apart from that west indies series and maybe a few series here and there they have not really shown that approach of going all up see that is the thing i mean when rohit sharma became when when he was appointed captain and then when that west indies tour happened we thought okay finally india are playing the way uh, you expect to play t20s or the way england have been playing t20s but then they went back no i mean whether it was because of the conditions or whether it was for whatever reason i, I say that is because of sai, sai baba watching it from heaven so <laughs> that is okay you have to explain what that is by the way yeah for people who are not familiar with it uh, uh, during one or two such rohit sharma kl rahul failures apparently prithvi shaw put out a instagram post with sai baba photo saying Sai Baba, hope you are all you are watching all of this. So the implication being that uh, he felt that he must have been there. So from there comes the 
sentence I, th- I think I, that is the infuriating bit for many indian fans because see it's not like you know india are a team that doesn't have this talent right i think the exactly. what many of these indian fans feel is that when you have a prithvi shaw ishan kishan sanju samson all these guys sitting there sitting back home why are you not using them and why are you using these like top 3 who are now basically like uh, you know getting not able to get out of their shell or are not even able to move out of the way so that is i think the issue here but you see i think one important distinction between odis and and t20 and this is where there's a big difference is that in odis for 40 overs you get to play with only four fielders on the boundary you know so the the short range and the shot and the, and the 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 range of shots which prove to be productive with five fielders in the circle is different from the range of shots which prove to be productive with five fielders outside sir you know because with only four fielders on the boundary it means that you can either you can at the most defend four boundaries you know and whereas in t20 you can defend five boundaries so that that's a that's a big difference between tests and odis you know uh, and and india we know odis and t20s and i think odis and t20s uh, in ODI, yeah. odis and t20s and india really really good at odis i want to touch upon this bowling a bit and uh, one point that uh, came up in the final right i mean this pakistan you know defended a low score i mean and they did it they they did a really good came up with a really good bowling effort um you know england would have normally probably won that much easier but it got till the end and it, okay england were probably going to win it in the end with that depth and all but how, what do you make of this bowling like how do you judge this bowling performance in a world cup i mean when you look at it through the lens of test cricket and odis it's a spectacular bowling performance and it, it looks great and space and pakistan have such a varied attack nasim shah shaheen shaheen of course got injured but uh, you know the rauf all of them i mean they they seem to be so good but from a t20 point of view can we say it was a great bowling performance or can we say that these are great t20 bowlers or we basically just don't know because you know it's so dependent on what the batters are doing against kartikeya you can probably go because you have you have uh, i remember you in one tweet you said something about that ball that shaheen afridi bowled to um Alex Hales I think it was which he got him bold and uh, you know from a traditional perspective it looks like a great ball but you were saying no it is nothing it's not a great ball uh, i mean if you look at what look at what hales is doing no he's not playing forward or back or anything you know he's he's trying to force it to the offside and that he's decided that he's going to do that so it's premeditation from hales and then when it swings he has no line of defense i mean he, he's not giving himself a line of defense so you know it, it, what starts out as a forcing shot into the offside becomes a swipe and he misses it and it looks really ugly you know but it's i mean yeah i mean look there these bowlers have got really like solid raw material you know which is what makes them such very good bowlers like nasim shah is a really i mean okay the other two are Okay, the good bowlers. I think China, Fiji, and or oh, Rauf, they are good bowlers. But I think Asim Shah is like a really. I mean, I won't say he's like a Pat Cummins level, but I think he could be Pat Cummins level, you know, or Rawada level, Pat level, or Mumra level. That quality of that bowler, he could be that, you know. So yeah, I mean, he was but, very good against Australia in the Test series, also. Yeah. Yeah, I know. So that that's true, but. it doesn't seem to matter no i mean it, it, it like what is what what good is it i mean okay on the margins it's probably a bit harder to hit against nasim shah but they're still going to try no and he hasn't got the runs to defend so it's like the, the marginal utility of playing nasim shah is like trivial i think you know uh, you you're better off like playing like a a lesser a david billy type player you know who's not as good definitely not as good a bowler as nasim shah but who will give you runs with the bat you know so net is his offer is better than nasim shah's in a t20 i think 
sure no i mean you the, know, the uh, argument is that if if you the argument is india made uh, you know close to 170 and lost in 16 overs had pakistan made close to 170 they would have probably won the final i mean of course I, totally different conditions and all but do you agree with that i doubt it i mean i think that these are not i mean i don't these are not like you know a, a few chances this is a question of a few chances coming off and a few chances not coming off now that's the difference between 180 and 130 you know it's not i don't think it's got to do with the conditions i know people say like oh perth was a spicy pitch i don't think it was a spicy pitch i think it was as perth pitches go it was pretty flat there was no seam movement so i think i think these these scores are like a a a a function of like how lucky the batsmen are on the day you know and that there's a certain range to that that good fortune you know whether one or two of the top 6 come off you know that's usually seems to be the mortal number of players in the top 6 who come off so that that i don't look there are better bowlers and there are worse bowlers but the thing is in t20 doesn't seem to matter you know because the batsmen don't care you know and if the batsmen care then you know if the batsmen are the type to play the line and the length then it's still a it still doesn't matter because uh, you still have these very deep set fields you know where you're still defending five boundaries but but doesn't the but doesn't the record show that if you get like a certain number of wickets in the power play that it is teams invariably you know win or some sort of isn't there like something to show that wickets are important in t20 yeah but it's not like i mean india getting wickets as well you know i mean in england i mean in 2022 these indian bowlers have got a lot of wickets no? ah so the wickets are not the uh, reflective of the potency of the bowling but on the chances not coming off of the batting yeah mostly that's the case no it's not like these players are like it's not like these bowlers are bowling to three slips no and trying to beat the bat that's not on no they're not bowling to get wickets that bowling to prevent boundaries no but but when you're defending 138 you are bowling to get wickets right i mean that and then you're going for runs because you're going to get wickets like india for instance for for yeah. all the for all the i mean to be fair to them the reason why england were england scored those runs in 16 overs is because india were bowling those lengths to get wickets unfortunately they didn't get it and but you know on a, if the, on another day england might not have scored in 16 overs if you had bowled in a different way but you know it's in, the intent is causes the result very often yeah but you know i mean alex sales if he's coming off the way he was that day yeah there's not much you can do it's his, it's his day and 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 let's face it butler and hales are better openers than india got you know actually oh that was a stark contrast to see after watching uh, the indian batting to see butler and hales was so stark i mean the yeah. fact is that they are trying to chip over the infield so obviously and they are yeah. trying to you know go aerial at every opportunity while india with these traditional batters are trying to hit, find the gaps and bisect the field you know it's a totally yeah. different game man but uh, having said all that I still feel Chahal should have been bowling instead of. <laughs> oh, you, you, you are part of the Chahal army, yeah? Hmm. Yeah, Chahal army man. My boy got uh, you know bodied for wrong reasons. I can't believe it. Ashoka has just thrown Ashwin under the bus. <laughs> I said, I said instead of Aksar, I didn't say instead of Ashwin. Ashwin, uh, Ashoka, haven't you seen enough RCB games? to know that uh, chahal can go for 50 runs in four overs also Are, that, that is in that match box uh, chinnasamy stadium man come to melbourne come to melbourne Hello. the match was in adelaide and the square boundaries in adelaide are you know it's basically the um, square boundaries in adelaide are uh, wait which is the melbourne the square boundaries along yeah, adelaide the square boundaries are much shorter so a leg spinner gets his length wrong in adelaide he's finished so uh, i don't really okay okay it might have made a difference and people are pointing to adil rashid and all but adil rashid is uh, 
He's terrific, man, in T20s. I mean, in, and ODIs as so, well. So is Chal, man. You guys uh, don't give him a chance. You guys don't give my boy Rishabh Pant a chance. Tumba, you got, got him for four balls. To play four balls, he went to a World Cup. What is this nonsense? Oh, Rishabh Pant. Rishabh Pant should have opened, man. I don't know what is wrong with these guys. Uh, I, I, I would have opened with Rishabh Pant from... straight starting with west indies series and i would have kept him as an opener throughout till the world cup but now it looks like uh, eh, who knows and then dinesh karthik also poor fellow went all the way and uh, hardly didn't play in that semi also mm. so yeah anyway anyway but but the but the moment of the tournament we have to agree is that liam livingston bowling those balls outside of stump and rohit sharma like coming up with like easy easy leaves to that ball come on man <laughs> yeah that's what i was telling and these guys are saying that he tried to hit and it didn't come off he was not trying to hit at all man what is this nonsense <laughs> no, no. he was he was trying to hit i think he thought that's a wide but unfortunately liam livingston was bowling like those at a nice length he was getting the ball but all it was this, just funny all, more than anything all this uh, ashwin level intelligence you should leave with ashwin only judging a wide and all that you should not try to do it you should try to hit yeah anyway any closing thoughts yeah disappointed as i said england winning anything is a disappointment but what can we do uh, <laughs> they are actually the best team in the format so far so anyway uh, so thank you thank you for this uh, we touched upon as i said we didn't touch upon every single game and moment but uh, it was good to just talk about the larger picture and where the format is headed i think that's important and over the next few months and years we may see sort of the development of the format i think it was sadat munga who wrote in cricket info that you know england winning may actually spur other teams to move in that same direction in terms of their uh, type of cricketers they pick the multi dimensional players players who can you know i mean england are like the perfectly designed team i mean with pace and all-rounders and spin and you know you know you have players like stoke uh, stokes and moin and who can play in multiple gears you have butler and hales two of the the most awesome opening pair you have everything basically in that team so yeah maybe other teams will look to build towards that though whether they will find the same level of skill we have to wait and see a uh, usual reminder uh, cricket beyond the bazaar by mike coward and war minus the shooting by mike marcusi have both been republished by 81 all out i'll put the link to both the books both the classic works please pick it up and uh, support us in our journey towards um, you know bringing back old cricket classics um, you can also you know subscribe to our podcast please review our podcast if you like it it helps more people find us 81allout.com is our website and we are on twitter at 81allout uh, thanks a lot for joining and we'll see you soon for another episode maybe you know we got end this thanks ashoka thanks kartikeya yes bye bye india have won the series they're going to get back for two india have won.